episode 68 of the Metro Fan TV Rundown coming to you live a bit after the international break. It's not like we forgot about this podcast or anything. It's more like soccer forgot about us. Or so we say. Anyway, here to break it down, uh, everything that's conspired, transpired, no, and maybe conspired. I'm not so sure. I don't know what words are anymore, ladies and gentlemen. But yes, here to talk about everything that's transpired over the last couple of weeks or so in the world of Red Bull soccer is Juan Escalante. How are you, my friend? I'm thankful to be able to talk about club soccer again. This international break was was arduous. It's probably the longest international break that's like not like it. It's so not weird. It, it, fe- it felt like it felt like it felt like a, a, an internet because you have international breaks for friendlies and then you have international breaks for like qualifiers or whatnot. And I feel like they mixed both of them together. That's why it felt like three weeks long. Yeah, and, like, the lamest thing about this one was that, like, it didn't end when club soccer resumed, right? right. Like, there was still people on international duty, like, while club actual club games were happening. Ridiculous. Um, and also, I think part of it is, like, like, do you ever, did you ever sit and think about, like, it's the middle of June, it, under normal circumstances, there would be a World Cup happening right now, but there isn't. Yeah, I wonder what happened there, huh? Mm. Did they cancel it? Did they... Did they do something? Is it a COVID thing? I don't know. It might as well be canceled. I mean, what the fuck's a Lucille, dude? Like, literally inventing yeah. places to host World Cup stadiums? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, man? Seriously. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they had to park, I think, two or three different towns in the Doha general area and, like, right. claim that they were separate, like, jurisdictions. Oh just for gosh. the sake of fulfilling, like, uh, the... Um, the criteria, right? Oh, that yeah. You can't have I, more than one uh, town slash geographic location with a stadium. Wow. That should kind of tell you everything you need to know about how horseshit all of this is. I think uh, I watched a video by, by Tifo about, like, where is everyone going to sleep? Like, are there literally, like, are there going to be enough hotels? And it's, like, literally, like, oh, yeah, one option is that you could you could just fly from the United Arab Emirates rather than like staying somewhere. <laughs> they've, they've, they've like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe you could sleep in tents, maybe oh in the God. desert. God. And they tried one thing where it was like, Oh yeah. Like uh, they could do like a kind of Airbnb thing where Qatari citizens could like welcome people into their homes. And obviously no one took them up on that offer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the fuck do they think this is? Like, uh, It'll be like some backyard soccer shit, right? Just have something right. like a stadium in the middle of the desert, like lines, exactly. call it Bedouin Park or something. Like what? Oh my! <laughs> the fuck, dude! <laughs> that was like some of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my life, man. Yeah, it's like literally having to fly in from another country to go to games in the World Cup hosted by a state that they don't like anymore. Right. Apparently. Like, let's think about that for a bit. <laughs> the equivalent of like flying from Long Island to New Jersey to watch a World Cup. Yeah. Hey, but let's be real, right? I mean, it's not like the United 2026 plan is that much better. Uh, but that's kind of more to do with like American infrastructure being in the pits more than right. like um, literally inventing places and <laughs> killing. No, I'm pretty places. sure they invented a place. Like, what the fuck is Boston? I don't know what that is. Oh, but, but but here's the thing: is that we don't need a. We, well, I mean, it's technically not in Boston, if you think about it. Oh right. <laughs> it's in Foxborough. 
Surely. But they don't want to say that. <laughs> Can you imagine like someone having to fly into Boston and be like, uh, so where's the soccer specific stadium here? It's like, oh you have to take you actually have to take a <laughs> take like a forty five minute drive out of town to uh And when you say specific, what do you <laughs> <laughs> How specific are we talking here? Specific as in um <laughs> They don't have football lines on the bitch. Exactly. Anyway. I don't know, man. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I don't think uh, people in glass houses should throw stones. But anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, we, we, we don't need to talk about international soccer anymore. Uh, we no. do have club games to break down. And I apologize to our listeners that we've already taken up five minutes of time talking about Oh, no. Uh, on a segue about international soccer, right at the beginning of the episode strong. as well. So um, that being said, um, since we last spoke, um, I believe uh, we left off uh, just before the DC United game, which we won four one for the international break. Uh, very nice mm-hmm. to bin a team at home. Yeah. So uh, kind of a psychological monkey off our back, right? Finally picking up a convincing win at home from the home fans. Uh, and then following the international break, uh, well, a less than stellar result on the red, shall we say, right? I mean, 2-0 up against uh, our maiden visit to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, what was genuinely just an all-around stinker of performance, I would probably say. I would probably say, I think in terms of overall performance, that it would probably be... Honestly, one of the worst games of the year that yeah. teams do. It would probably be that Miami, and uh, I think probably one of the stinkers at home that we we dropped. Uh, I can't remember which ones. <laughs> which ones? Yeah, <laughs> there are quite a few to name. Uh, the 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 names the names and scores all blend, but somehow we are still but. In, in spite of everything, we are still like what second or third in the conference, I think. It's bizarre. Yeah. Which I means think, uh, that, like, had we had we picked up these points, we would be at the top by quite some margin, maybe. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'd like to correct myself. We're fourth in the table right now, but uh, everybody oh. else ahead of us has games in hand, which is kind of disappointing. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only a three point difference between us and the number one in the conference right now. So, I mean, like, it should kind of tell you that if we could actually win a few games at home, we would probably be, like, pretty comfortably above the East right now. So that's Mm -hmm. a bit disappointing. I'm not going to lie to you, but eh, it is what it is, right? Um, So I think we'll talk about more specifics about what's happened here. And I think DC, we can all agree, was a pretty fun, straightforward game. Uh, kind of dominated from the go. Press looked crisp. And then the team decided to do like uh, the equivalent of the uh, dunk contest and see who could score like the big, the, the biggest banger. That was pretty fun. Right. What was, what was your pick personally? Like who scored the best goal in that game? Um, well, really, it's, it's, it's between uh, Lucinias' second goal and, and uh, Lewis Morgan's volley from outside the box um good question you know i was really impressed like i think i feel like 
Morgan's goal is very much platonic ideal of like half, like just a, that full volley outside the box, like hooking your hooking your footer on the ball like horizontally. But there's something about Lucinius that just comes out of nowhere. Like it's really impressive how he got that contact on the ball, essentially flying onto it. Right, like he was just like, I'm just gonna swing my leg at this. It's gonna go wherever it was gonna go. Yeah, Felicio and luckily he was in the top, in the top corner as well. Yeah, right? man. yeah. I mean, aesthetically speaking, it's such a pleasing goal. Uh, that's why I think it probably takes my. It's probably my pick personally, just because like I don't know. It wasn't. It doesn't seem like the type of thing that would just fly in so cleanly off his foot. Right. But it did. So that was pretty nice. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> uh, and then I think. Um, well, I think the Charlotte game would probably be a bit more. Would probably deserve a bit more scrutiny. Uh, because I, I, I do say that I think it was a, kind of another, like the Miami game earlier this year, kind of another putrid performance uh, in the heat away from home. Right. Uh, now that I think that the heat's going to be the only factor, because I think uh, what's worth remembering about this game as well is that like uh, we were missing players, right? Uh, Aaron Long's still on uh, international duty for some odd reason. Please sort this out. Uh, <laughs> fuck, the, fuck the U.S. men's national team, dude. Uh, man, I, ho- I hope Iran and Wales like qualify out that group, man. I'm not going to lie to you. But anyway. Um, right. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, so, long out. I think we were missing some... They were missing Christian Kasser as a midfield, but that one. Yeah, it was long and Kasser's were the notable absences in that game. Yeah, that one's kind of give or take for me. I think the the the, the main thing is the rotation at this point, right? Because I think uh, yeah, it's it's established that we are a good team. I think, but we're not a deep team, right? right. And I think some some of these drop points come from the fact that we that our rotated squads don't quite um, aren't quite as watertight. And I think this would would this would happen generally in this league because of uh, the way the salary cap is structured. That yeah, naturally there would be a bit of a drop off between your top your top line and uh, some of your depth players, right? And I think this is the natural result of that, right? You're starting to see some drop points come from the fact that uh, we don't have our first, we don't have a we don't have our first choice lineup, and b we don't have a fresh. We don't necessarily have as fresh legs at this point in the season anymore, right? Um, even coming off a two-week international break, um, that would kind of be that would kind of kind of kind of throw things a bit. This can throw things a bit off, I suppose, if yeah. you haven't really been settling to the rhythm of playing one game weekly. This or something like that, something to that effect, basically. But the, the yeah. one of the sense is that, like, uh, when it comes to rotated squads, sometimes you will end up dropping points in this league just simply because I think you can't afford quality backups. Um, well, wait, no, I mean, like, you can afford quality backups, but it's just not as likely to match up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Although I will say that, like, it's not like Charlotte or, like, fucking bulldozers or anything. 
Yeah, they were not, again, like, parallels to the Miami game. It's just like, this team was not very good. Like, you know, the first goal was like a deflected goal. So would they have created that goal on their own? No. And then the second goal was, you know, uh, <laughs> a sweaty tap into use FIFA parlance. But like literally every shot, every chance that they created was like ended up in, in, in Cornell's hands every single time. Um, but I guess on your point about like the squad depth, one of the things I noticed about the DC game that was really interesting is that this is what the team could look like. I mean, we could talk about like the quality of DC and like playing kids and how DC played in a way that like enabled our press in the midfield. But uh, it it's an example of like what what we can do when we have pretty much everyone available and the the kind of flexibility that we get tactically to do so because pretty much we've seen in earlier parts of the season where we make these tactical changes in games. And it's mostly to, to uh, when we're chasing games and we're trying to get guys forward, trying to like adjust to, to give ourselves the ability to get the ball up the field. But this one is, we were, we were dominating pretty much from the jump, despite uh, going nil, going into the half uh, nil, nil, but we had, we, we, we worked with the, how would you call it? The three, the three, four, three formation, you know, the uh, three center backs, two wing backs, the midfield double pivot, two tens behind, Klimala at nine, and then we go into the second half. We go into the second half, and Long comes out. So we we Long comes out for Omir, and so we keep the same formation. But then, uh, what happens? Then Morgan moves from one of the advanced midfielders into right wing back, and Dylan Nealis moves into that left center back spot that Long had occupied, and then. Uh, was the second sub that Clark comes in for Klamala, and this is the most interesting one because Clark basically comes in and plays as a striker uh, for 20 minutes up until Tom Barlow comes in. So he's based. So he's behind him would be Omir Fernandez and Christian Casadas Jr. So he's basically in that spot, not quite in the same way that Klamala was, like trying to run in between the lines in the way that Klamala does, but basically. Uh, Contesting for headers, not as much to win them, but for DC's center backs to win them in the air and then cough the ball up to our midfield, um, and then holding up the ball and letting runners in from deep and from his support up front to run onto the ball. Um, and then once Tom Barlow comes in, then he takes a place at, as a striker, and then uh, Clark comes in at 37. But anyway, it's like, it's this is when we have everyone available, it seems like we're free to do. <laughs> Uh, a whole bunch of looks, even within the team. Like it's not we didn't change the formation as much as we moved guys in and out of roles as the team as as the half went on, and we we were not able to do that uh, against against Charlotte, which sucked. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the that's the annoying thing for me, right? I mean, I think when you talk about it's not just about the tactical flexibility thing for me, but it's just the general sharpness for some reason mm-hmm. that uh, we saw kind of a drop off of in this game, uh, particularly in the defensive side of things, you know. And I think um, I don't want to reduce blame to one to to one individual or another because I think we you know that defense is kind of a collective effort, but you can definitely see that in the absence of Aaron Long this game that there were a bit that there was some sloppiness at the back right i mean mm-hmm. i think these two goals that we conceded one was off a deflection like you mentioned and the other i mean i think it was just kind of the other the other was kind of soft right and i'll say it's soft because i think of how disorganized the back line generally looked 
right? right. And how disorganized the back line generally looked for most of the second half. Um, it's not good to see, I think, this kind of disjointedness. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that um, we are slotting in uh, personnel, right, who aren't playing their natural positions in these uh, formations sometimes, right? I think that kind of has to... Um, this kind. This is one of those things that... Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that um, compounds the issue, right? We don't have yeah. our we don't have our top line, and our depth is partly made up of guys who have to play uh, outside of their preferred positions to cover up for that, right? I think uh, we take, yeah. So, um, I would probably attribute some of the sloppiness that we saw at the back to to that, and. Uh, you know, I think uh, there you, you, you saw quite a number of times uh, just the number of just ha- just the, the number of uh, breakaways that Charlotte was generating for some reason, right? It's just yeah. that could have very easily been, I think, about two or three goals. It's just that the shots happened to be straight at Carlos Cornell. That was yeah. a really good save, though. I, guess. I think the right. one that was uh, to yeah. his. Uh, I will right. say that, like, I think, I think going into the going into the half, we were all just saying, uh, stop playing four at the back, go back to playing with three center backs with the wing backs. And that's what we did. So at least at the very least, I don't know why. I mean, I can understand why we didn't do that. Cause we were down with, we were down Aaron long, but yeah. Well, I mean, the point, the point just being that, um, I think a part of, I, 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 I do wonder how much of it is. I mean, like you, you saw a number of times, right. They were breaking down a way either this way. Uh, Nealis is pulled out wide to like try and shadow and jockey him out wide. And then like a few times, I feel like the this, this, the second lead runner trailing off at the far post right isn't really uh, pick, picked up well or covered off as well, right? And that's what kind of results in um, the shadow runner being able to get off shots, right? I mean, I think... Uh, I just wonder sometimes, you know, if this happens, if uh, we have someone a bit more experienced leading the back line. But anyway, I think that's one of those things that you can't really easily um, quantify or qualify, right? It's it's conjecture at that point. But point stands. Point does stand that I think. Um, I think I think uh, point does stand that we do we had we were a bit disjointed in the back, but also I think uh, what's critical is that I think uh, the midfield as well, right? I think uh, press not quite um, being as constraining as it could be in previous games by the looks of it, and then on top of that, we didn't really have the greatest game uh, in terms of generating chances, right? So, I mean, I think that's why I said I think front to back probably like. One of the more one of the worst performances we've seen team wide this year. Uh, it will happen, I suppose. If this is our low water mark, then I hope that uh, we can. If this is a low water mark, then I suppose uh, it could be a lot worse. But yeah, nevertheless, like um, still, still kind of disappointing. And I think right. the long term implications being that if these 
road losses are gonna start coming more often then naturally like we are gonna rue like all those points that we dropped at home. Dropping, yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's that's the nature of it. We weren't gonna win on the road forever. We knew this. The away form was like far and beyond, I think, our wildest expectations in the first part of the year. Now we have to start winning at home. We are gonna rue a lot of those drop points. I don't wanna be in a situation where we are like on the bubble again because we can't get it we can't we can't get it good. Land at home, right? Mm-hmm. So now the pressure's on for me. Uh, pressure is on in a greater degree because, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, we can't afford or we can't afford any more slip ups. I think going forward, because I think we are starting to see a bit of a starting to see a bit of a rebalancing, right? TLDR, get it done at home. Thank you. Um, yes. Any other takeaways from you from these games? Uh... Um, no, I think I think I think we're good. I think we we covered it. Yeah, I, I don't want to pull my hair out over this game too much. I it's just like at a certain point, stop. I it's as you would imagine. There were lots of fans of this team online who were rending their garments. At this loss, I saw one guy on Facebook, which it immediately let you prepare yourself to the tone that this comment will strike. It was just being like, like if if you could, like this is the worst I've ever seen. If you, if you, the team could fold today and no one would notice, and you could replace everyone on this team with USL talent, and it wouldn't make a difference. I'm like, sir, I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's weird that this fan base is the oldest in the league and yet will still rip tear their hair out over a road loss to I don't know, an expansion club. I don't know. The 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 the, the pendulum of discourse tends to swing wildly. Uh, is all I'm really going to say about that. Um Yes. Exactly. I, you're gonna, what you're going to uh, see tomorrow specifically is uh, people being like people who would normally hate Klimala and and just like beg, why don't we sign a better striker? Will be like, well, well, they'll complain why we don't have a striker that can back Klimala up right now when he's suspended. Um, I, I'm just going to say that I think uh, my my sanity has gotten a lot better ever since I just stopped uh, following anything related to this team. On Facebook, <laughs> right, uh, and just not not really, uh, just yeah. I mean, like not really gleaning the discourse, really. <laughs> Good for it's, you're also like in, in in like removed by like six different time zones. So I feel yeah, like exactly. Just... I can I can kind of skim through it. Like uh, I've I've gotten very good at like just not reading anything from handles I don't like or exactly handles that like following people that I just don't really like need to hear from, <laughs> which is good. I think more people should try it is all I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, we don't really want to pull out hairs here. Yeah. We don't want to jump to any, I think, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's right to really be jumping to any definitive conclusions from just this one game. Uh, if it becomes a trend, I will start to be, increasingly worried though so i mean uh yeah basically again like i said pressure's on get it done at home uh stop quick stock check i think uh i mean 
I'm going to give one to Lucinius, I suppose. Uh, I'm going to give one to... I'm going to give one to Lucinius. I'm going to give one to Lewis Morgan, I suppose, just for that, just for that goal against DC. Uh, downs I'll give to the defense collectively. I might give the defense collectively. Having given one to the defense collectively, given one up right to the defense collectively earlier this year, I am now taking away that one. Damn. <laughs> I'm also gonna. I'm, I'm also gonna put some blame on the midfield here because I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's looked a bit poor. It looked a bit porous against Charlotte. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not sure if it's the heat, or I'm not sure if it's uh, just kind of restiness coming off of the international break. But you know, I mean, uh, it's been two games in heat now, and I think. Uh, it's been two games in this kind of heat now, and it's they've kind of wilted. So I mean, like uh, this might be tricky in the summer months if this is really the case, because I hear it's getting really, really hot in the northeast. So um, keep watch this space, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all it really warrants for me at this moment yeah. in time. I I I'm not gonna go three three, basically. Okay. Uh, for me, I guess notable. Well, now, now we have two games to look at, like a very convincing win and a very, uh, it, I'm not going to say demoralizing loss, just not fun to watch. But I guess, I guess we give Caden Clark a stock up. I thought his performance in a position that he's not used to, I guess, or I've never seen him play in was actually quite interesting to watch. Uh, I guess he gets the assist on the own goal. He, I mean, he creates the chance that, Barlow gets on the ball was I don't know it was shades of uh, like that that goal that Ronaldo once scored for Real Madrid where like Beckham like whips it around like six defenders right do you remember that one where he puts it on a plate right in front of the goal yeah yeah it reminded me of that one uh, just not as good I don't know I, but <laughs> good on him but now we, we don't get to see him play as a false nine tomorrow so whatever and I guess the only notable stock down. I get would would I think would go to one Ashley Fletcher. I think he comes on in the second half against Charlotte. All right, well, right away he's a sub for Omir Fernandez. So we go from what playing with one striker to two strikers, and it's just he it just did not look good for him. It just he was not. I like I don't know what the instructions for him were. Like he was unable to get past the defender, get past, you know, make those runs, stretch the field in, in a way that I think was intended for him. I don't think he's like essentially a target man. He says he's not a target man. So take him at his word that those are the instructions for him. Um, <laughs> not my thing, but like the yellow card was very silly. I'm mostly laughing at it, but yes, it's, uh, it was very much a dive, but very much, uh, had we, had we, Kept that penalty. Uh, kudos to him on on uh, the shit there. Yeah, it was definitely not a penalty though. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's no. just get that out the way. I mean, like, no, it was not. <laughs> but it's one thing for it's one thing for the refs to take away the penalty, right? But then it's another thing to suspend Klamala after looking pouring over the footage again, which is really annoying. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> They also find Fletcher for the for the dive too. That was also in the in in the in the disco report. 
I mean, fair enough. Because uh, I, I, I mean, if this would be the kind of thing that goes against this, I would be pretty pissed about it, right? So, oh, I mean, uh, so uh, I guess fair enough. That wasn't because a it didn't look like a penalty when I saw it, and I guess uh, the VAR uh, review concurred. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, yeah, I think let that the kind of puts a bow on it, right? For this, thing. yeah games because we do have quite a fair bit of uh, team news to cover uh, because a lot has happened off the pitch um, I think since we've uh, last spoke probably headlined by the fact that we've signed a new head of sport from Schalke what the fuck what are we doing folks honestly Schalke, really? What the fuck? Um, I I'm reserving judgment on whether or not this signing is good for fear of uh, saying anything nice about Schalke. Really? You have to understand that means we have Schalke DNA at this team now, right? I mean, like. like um, I mean, I mean, we we, <laughs> we signed Frank Rost, so we are, it's been here. Well, I mean, that's not really a glowing comparison by any means. Exactly. Right? I mean, I'm not saying it is, but. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I, and I know, but I just want to point out that anytime we have to invoke the name Frank Ross, Rost, whatever, uh, generally not going to be a fun time. <laughs> we are, don't want players to sit on chartered flights and hurt their knees. Okay. Oh my That's god. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's? I'm this? not bugging. He did play for Schalke, right? Hold on. I'm trying to remember because I. I know he played for for Shiza Hasval. Yeah, he, he, he played. He played for he played for Schalke from two thousand two to two thousand seven. Yes. Yeah, he, he did. Was play a, for he Ritter. was at Bremen before that. So. Yes. Uh, he signed for a guy born in uh, Karl Marxstad or Chemnitz, <laughs> East Germany. Oh wow! wow. Oh boy. Um, yeah, no, I bet he he signed with us from Hamp from Hamburg. So I. Um, so even worse, he had the Hamburg stink on him. That's <laughs> Scheiße Hasfau. Yeah, oh dear. Uh, oh lord. But anyway, Jokenstein, I don't know. I feel like some people were, I think, who someone had said it on, on Twitter that like they were looking at the comments from Schalke fans, and I think they were happy to see him go, because obviously they were relegated under his watch as director of sport, and I guess it's a point for him, because anyone responsible in any part to the decline of, of Schalke 04 Gelsenkirchen is, is, is gets points in my book personally. Yeah. Um, this is, this is one that's kind of strictly, um, wait and see for me. I can't say. Right. That. I guess the point is that we're not, we are signed, we are getting him from Schalke, but this is a very much a, uh, most of his resume is working with, uh, Red Bull global or no, he was, where was he before? I think he just worked at Red Bull. Or he's he okay. So he served as after he left his role as a sporting director at Stuttgart, which he was at for a very long time from 1999 to 2015. He took up a role as a team coordinator with Red Bull. So that's his. That's a role he had with basically all four Red Bull clubs in Brazil, in New York, in Salzburg, in Leipzig. So I don't know. Very strange. Because I think yeah. the team, the, the the team report was saying that he like he had worked with, I don't know what did he said like bringing. He was part of the he was 
bringing young talents to RB Leipzig, such as Tyler Adams. But like that's that seems very much a uh, promote it's ahead of sport and internationalization of for RB Leipzig. Yeah, I don't know. Coordinator of sport of global soccer is a thing, so I don't know. I mean, like uh, the uh, we we kind of know. Uh, I mean. Like, titles can be very nebulous at this organization, right? I mean, Mario Gomez has some unspecified strategy role. Right. Whatever the fuck that means, right? So Right. <laughs> Although, is the fact that he's German coloring, or like, if he was, if his name was, like, uh, I don't know, Jockstein Jr., would we feel a different way? Yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> probably, if he was Scottish. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, like... Uh, Again, right? I mean, I think based on, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is someone who's familiar with the organization, and uh, I guess has a, has a history of identifying young talent that could be brought in and molded into uh, what we want out of a team. But you know, again, mm-hmm. we'll see, right? I mean, uh, anytime uh, a set of fans aren't too happy, or sorry, anytime a set of fans seem happy that someone's moving on, uh, kind of kind of raises a few alarm bells hopefully that's not the case here right uh, <laughs> uh i think i will say that like uh, it's interesting to see that based on uh, the people that have brought he that he brought in during his tenure at shelka that it seems to be pulling from quite a diverse set of leagues right Which, uh, that's true yeah could be quite tantalizing if you're into that kind of thing um mm-hmm. i suppose that's the uh, international uh recruitment experience that's kind of uh, put at play here. Um, particularly, uh, particularly, I think, uh, why I say that is really just because I see uh, Ko Itakura here. And oh. <laughs> 34 minutes in, and yes, J-League reference. There you go. Bingo, at... 34 minutes. Probably our, one of our earliest mentions into a show, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it always happens in the second where you pour over team news as well. So um, Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that being said, I mean, okay, I think uh, probably going to give him, see what transpires over the transfer window, I suppose. I mean, uh, what it is established is that, like, he does have a pretty international facing Rolodex, right? Just looking at some of these names that he's brought in. Beyond Koitakura, I'll have you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone, I think it was Court that posted it, right? The gun line about the various uh, leagues that he's recruited from and pulled from. So, I mean, uh, I guess uh, the move will probably be recruiting a bit more from uh, the. What's the what's the equivalent of like uh, the francophone or the lusophone for, uh, ger- for for German speakers? Is, oh, is, is there an equivalent? Uh, anyway, the the German speaking world, I suppose. <laughs> I feel like Deutschveld is 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 a uh, is a uh, is problematic. Yeah, no, that that has some really sketchy connotations, man. I'm not gonna right. lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I do not want to put like anything Deutsche and anything to do with the world word world next to each other exactly uh, <laughs> yeah like uh 
what's it called? What's it look so like instead of World Cup, they call uh, they call the World Cup in Germany the Weltmeister. I'm like, whoa, hold on a second, guys. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let, let's stop let's stop there. Uh, let's uh, slow your roll there, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to issue a yellow card for that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Solidly uh, wait and see for me. Um, obviously, I think there are um, good things that you can take away, and there are bad things that you can take away. I, I right. wouldn't say that I'm quite as high on him as I was for Kevin Thelwell. Because uh, of, uh, you know, I mean, the various things that Thelwell has managed to accomplish over his career. Um, but, again, we'll wait and see, right? I don't think it would be fair to uh, make too many sweeping proclamations about how successful or how unsuccessful he's going to be just based off of his CV alone. Uh, I think a lot of it's going to shake out um, over what transpires in the next few transfer windows. I'm yeah. just, maybe, the, maybe the benefit is, though, is that we no longer need to have Dennis Hamlet um, recruiting <laughs> players again. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So um, that's a plus, I suppose. So yeah, welcome to the team, Jochen Schneider. Uh, we hope it's a fruitful one, for sure. Um, we have a transfer rumor as well on the topic of player recruitment, and uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be a name that I'm sure we're all familiar with. Uh, there was a report, I think, earlier this week uh, saying that Fabio... Is in negotiations to be coming back? Wow. Negotiations could mean anything, though. Could mean anything. Like, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that, like, uh, we're in an event stage or anything. <laughs> we're just like, oh, like, hey, Atletico Monero, do you want, uh, uh, can, can we sign this player? And they're like, no, are you interested in Fabio? And that's a negotiation in and of itself. Yeah, and then uh, they they leaked it to media. It's like, oh, Red Bull, oh, Red <laughs> Red Bull contacted us recently about Fabio, and it's like, no, no, like, no. what, no? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, something to watch for now, uh, rather than I think uh, being something that's definitely going to happen because I think the way it was worded doesn't make doesn't sound like it's been uh, like it's in anything more than like a rather nebulous early discussion phase right now. And I yeah. think the salaries are going to be a bit messy, I think, because he got paid, I want to say, by Monero. Uh, they'll probably be a DP-level loan. Uh, not to say that I think uh, we... I mean, we do have the machinations to free up that kind of money, but it's going to be... Right, like, if we don't, if we don't proceed with uh, Ashley Fletcher, because I think his loan would be up... Uh, yeah, up uh, next month. Or, yeah, at the end. Uh, end of and at this point, I'm 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 willing to let him go. At this point, I'm very whatever about Ashley Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at this point, yeah. But that, but I'd also be very whatever about Fabio coming back. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, right. There was a point last year where I think it kind of seemed like it wasn't really going to happen. Right. Like trying to trying to make Fabio happen in this team was basically trying to make that happen. Uh. <laughs> Although I will say, I think I think does having Lukinias in this team change things up a little bit now that yeah. we have a player like that that could bring. I don't know. I think Fabio, 
Bobby had a very reliable first touch. Um, yeah. And I think it'd be interesting to see what he would bring into the team in its current shape, but who who knows at this point. Now, if it's a matter of salary now, then I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair question to ask in regards to Lukinius, right? Because I suppose I think I, based on what we could see from Fabio, I think having someone that could lead um, his raw pace, right? Playing, playing him in with his raw pace to his feet was kind of how ideal... Uh, was kind of the ideal way to play him, right? He likes to serve his defeat in the space. A bit like uh, Patrick Klamala, I would probably say. But then again, that's sort of like why there was a bit of that mismatch last year, right? It's because I think both of them uh, overlapped with each other too much in terms of skill sets. That being said, the fact that they have so much overlap as a in terms of skill set and in terms of the way that they like to play probably means that this is a better backup for Patrick Kamala, but are you going to bring in someone for that level of money? I mean, I guess we already did with Ashley Fletcher, but uh, again, right, it was it's it's one of those weird ones for me, you know? Like, I wouldn't be too thrilled if he came back. I wouldn't be too pissed either. It would just kind of be extremely whatever for me. Right, <laughs> like, like I don't know how else to put it. Like very much, uh, sure, whatever, sure, why not? Uh, sure, why not? Let's just see how it shakes out, right? Especially it's not my know. money. Yeah, <laughs> because especially like you said, right? I mean, like uh, the 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 presence of a proper playmaker in this team does kind of change the complexion up a little bit. But uh, again, like it's there are a lot of hypotheticals here. Um, I would probably say that um, I think just based off of uh, what I saw last year, I, I, I don't know if it's really going to work a second time out. Uh, that's sort of like my take on it to prevent another long discussion about yeah why or yeah fair enough it's going to be. But yeah, basically that's where I'm at. Sorry, I just spent like the last five minutes basically telling you that I don't really care one way or another about this rumor <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were roped into talking about fabio for three minutes yeah damn sorry um watch this space basically ladies and gentlemen uh anyway i think that kind of does it for uh major rumors and my, uh, movements on the team going into uh this double spate on the weekend against toronto and nyc right uh, other team news being that Caden Clark and Daniel Edelman got called up to camp spreadsheet. That's right. <laughs> Going to be a way of the U.S. under twenties. I, I, <laughs> I don't care. There, you, I said it. <laughs> the implications are kind of a bit more on the squad depth for me. Uh, yeah. Again, right. More so for Clark than it would be for Edelman. I think I'm a, I'm fine not having Edelman in the field just because I'm not expecting anything for the kid in his first professional season. But there are, especially not having Klamala in, uh, uh, Clark could have been useful. Yeah, because I think realistically speaking, it probably means we're looking at Tom Barlow starting there. Uh which, you know, I mean, 
we're we're well established at this point saying that I, we really do think that Tom Barlow is better served as like a closer rather than yeah. like someone on the starting lineup just because of uh, because of his ability to press, harass tired legs, and just kind of make things happen. Like with the number of turnovers he's capable of generating, you know. And I think there, like we said, right, there are uses for someone like that on the team if deployed correctly. Um, I don't know if a starting role is necessarily going to be right for him. Maybe we do. Maybe as a result of that, we see Ashley Fletcher instead of Patrick Lamala. Who really knows? Um, yeah, I think uh, it would probably be like I, I, if, if the event that it is Ashley Fletcher, though, I guess with his uh, loan coming to an end, I think either I think it was next month, right? And yeah. Watford apparently being keen on bringing him back. Uh, seeing as how they've now been relegated, RIP. Uh, <laughs> it'll probably be like his last chance to kind of show, have a run out in this uniform, or at least one of them in a yeah. starting role. Uh, make of that what you will. Um, it, it's, it's not an ideal situation for a player, it seems, right? The, the team that he's on loan at. Uh, his loan spell has been kind of hampered by injuries, but also it doesn't seem that um, the loan's getting extended uh, by, by any looks. So, I mean, I guess uh, it's going to be a professional run out for him. I don't really think he's uh, playing for a long-term contract anymore. Uh, if his uh, parent team is really interested in taking him back, I think he kind of knows that he'll have a... He seems to be in their plans there, right? So I guess he's probably just going to do a professional job i guess the rest of the time that he's here yeah uh so that will probably be one of our two options to replace Patrick Kamala up front but i think uh uh we are getting Aaron Long back for this game i believe right by the looks of it yes he is he is in he's in New York slash New Jersey for, that's good based on his his presence at the world cup thing yesterday so Oh yeah, huh? The Woodstock for uh, <laughs> Woodstock for a weird uh, what Woodstock for Microsoft Excel users. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but, hey, anyway, I like I like how I like how uh, what is it like uh, NYC basically no showed it by the looks of pictures. <laughs> oh right. But anyway, like. Uh, we, we, we don't need to litigate that too much. Uh, no. I think with regards to missing players for a U.S. men's national team camp, uh, the implications for the depth are a bit more staggering, I would say. Like, it's like I don't think it's going to impact the uh, starting lineup too much, hopefully. Uh, because uh, we, I would think that we'd probably see some combination of Amaya, Yearwood, and Caceres there, right? I think it's also worth pointing out the casters will be back for this game. Uh, right. Yeah. He at, at at the very least, he when World Cup starts, he's not going to be out for that. Or no, the MLS season will be over by then. So never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's in December this year. We have a Christmas World Cup. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We have a, It's going to be. There are going to be games over Thanksgiving weekend, and. <laughs> Like I said on Twitter, you know, it could have been summer and I could have been hanging out with the homies on a summer day 
watching the World Cup, and now I have to explain the offside rule to my relatives over Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, what the hell, man? Like, uh, summer is more conducive to drink beers, have fun atmosphere. Exactly, man. Probably. And now it's just going to be cold. I'm going to be wearing some... I'm wearing corduroy pants, maybe. <laughs> a sweater. Who wants to wear a sweater during World Cup? And, I, I, and this is very myopic of me, because obviously, the, in the southern half... The, in the southern hemisphere, it's the opposite, but still. Ah, but the southern hemisphere is not real, though. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I, I've never been there, so, you know. I mean, that, this lends credence to Australia too much, so uh, I, I definitely have uh, a bit of an agenda there. Is Australia real? That's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. Uh, you know, and, and I think the problem is, is that uh, I mean, uh, I know, I know that this is going to mean that I have to disparage Brazil and Argentina. Um, oh no! As a result of that, well, hold on. The second one, anyway, I don't, I don't know too much. like yeah, like why should we stop ourselves from disparaging Argentina anyway? Exactly. Right? Like <laughs> bunch of bunch of baludos is what I say. Exactly. Uh, the, the real victims here are the southern half of Brazil. Uh, I guess Paraguay, uh, Uruguay, which is Argentina if it was cooler. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's about does it. See, see, see what I mean? Like, 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 would we really miss anything in the southern hemisphere if it meant that Argentina and Australia fall off the face of the earth? Best things from south from the southern hemisphere. Number one, uh, penguins. Uh, two, uh, to be to be determined. <laughs> to answer your question, though, yes, I think the concept of Australia is kind of fake because uh, they literally make that distinction to uh, justify settler colonialism. Mm, right? Yes. So yes. Uh, no, it does not matter how many times I enjoy listening to the song "Land Down Under" by Men at Work. I don't think it counts. <laughs> I don't think it. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, the, the arrogance to basically say that the British colony is its own continent. That's a bunch of nonsense. Its own continent. That's a bunch of nonsense. And none of you even, they don't even use all of it. Yeah, what the fuck? Well, I mean, like 90% of it is uninhabitable, to be fair. It's, yeah, yeah, to be fair. Uh, well, I mean, it hasn't stopped people from being able to settle it anyway, but I think that should kind of tell you everything you need to know about uh, the living underground in caves like a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. That should tell you everything you know about the shortcomings of uh, settler colonialism, I suppose. <laughs> Amongst the other things, like uh, the, uh, I mean, the reproductive genocide they tried to do. So, uh... Yes, correct. Anyway, um, can you believe that they qualified for the World Cup? What the fuck, man? Seriously. What a... What a bizarre set of circumstances. Peru are truly a bunch of bottlers, dude. I'm not gonna. Lie. It's I didn't I didn't I I didn't see the day when a South American team would get out shit housed in a World Cup qualification playoffs, but that's exactly what I saw. Yeah, let alone by a dude who looks like he'd be playing for my Sunday League team, man. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize. Although I will say, I think I I think. I think Australia has the opposite problem of the men, of the United States men's national team where everyone here is like, we need our players playing in the best leagues in the world, challenging themselves. I think really what Australia needs to do is get back to its roots and have all of its players play in like some amateur Sunday beer league team against uh, fat Croatian guys for at least a season. 
Oh yeah, that's true though. I mean, like uh, that 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 uh, that bred the likes of Mark Viduka. It bred the likes of Harry Kewell. It bred the likes exactly. of every, every good Australian player you heard of in the early two thousands, right? Exactly. They started in those immigrant leagues. Yes. Western Sydney Wanderers actually are the offspring of I think uh, some of those uh, amateur league teams, right? Because they started yeah. in the Western Sydney suburbs, mm-hmm. uh, primarily by the same communities that funded those teams, and then they won the JFC Champions League in their first year of existence. And how do they do it? By shit housing their way to it. So, in, in, in classic A League fashion, exactly. <laughs> I will say, I think, like, uh, I mean, uh, the A League is a great league for people who love shit housing. I'll put it that way. Uh, if you can ever find yourself in the situation where you can watch it, tune in to see. If you if you remember MLS two point the early years of MLS two yeah. and wish they were permanent, the A League is for you. Exactly. I was, I was just about to. I was just about to pull that up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bessart Barisha, who is like, uh, uh, was it? Who was the biggest shit house you can think of? Uh, From the A League, that was him. That was definitely him. I would say it's like Pescadito in MLS. Pescadito. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Really, really rough shit house. Uh, yes, and who managed that? That who 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 managed that Brisbane Roar team? Ange Postacoglu. Boom! There we go. Look, you see, we're bringing it all back. <laughs> back to the J League. Back to Celtic. Back to RBNY. What were we talking about with regards to the team before we went off on this tangent? I think it was like uh, international league. soccer, Australia. Australia isn't real. Uh, I don't even. Oh, I think missing guys due to an international duty which yeah ahead of this game against toronto well i mean i do think uh, we're getting most of those guys back now uh right right we subbed them out for uh really i think a couple of depth pieces at this point right Uh, katie clark being the uh being the lead notable absence being the only notable absence yeah so i think it means that we go back to the back line of nealis long tolkien uh Edwards at right center back, and then right center back, and then someone at right wing back. Whether that's uh, Dylan Nealis or Lewis Morgan, even Cameron Harper, but that seems to have uh, kind of hit a, hit a bit of a dry spot recently. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know too much. I you know in in, yeah, in what's yeah. been working for me in the past few weeks. Uh, not looking up how the opposition has been doing. I I, I hazard a guess that Toronto. Also, like us, is in a permanent state of not having good depth, but even worse because most of their depth is just like teenagers. Yeah, it's old dudes and teenagers basically. It's no, it's no in between. I mean, I think it's uh, it's old... Michael Bradley, Pozuelo. It's their DPS and Inshallah. Really, that's the poor yeah. Bob Bradley. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean, right? I mean, I think uh, on paper, this is the kind of team that we'd have to perform against because it's. Uh, vets and a bunch of uh, unproven youngsters, right? They certainly are playing like a team that's reflective of that, right? Uh, established names are aging, and uh, their young guys are really coming, really just sort of like in the process of being blooded, into mm-hmm. them, right? So um, just looking at the kinds of results that they've been churning this year, I mean, like if like this would be the this would be the kind of game that I would expect us to get back on track with 
right? Even if the light of uh, the U.S. Open Cup game coming up in midweek, right? But this would be something that I would expect us to be able to get a result with. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know uh, what it basically means uh, if we have an Open Cup game in midweek. I am not generally a proponent of... Uh, I am generally not a proponent of punting one way or another because you could totally punt this game, right? And then lose anyway, right? <laughs> On right. Wednesday, right? It's not some magic formula to uh, set you up for greater success one way or another, right? Uh uh, I would punt it. It the last time we punted, did it work? Yes. Do we want to tempt fate again? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, considering this time as well, that like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is the, the the team we are facing in midweek is a lot stronger, right, than Charlotte. I'd probably say. Uh, I will expect maybe some kind of a rotated squad, but right. I don't think we should be in a place where we are like you know not trying to go for a result here right right uh, maybe yeah so i guess if it's a case where we are really reserving like our big guns for wednesday which we kind of already are we kind of are thank yeah. i guess thank you pro i guess yeah, i don't cause, know because klimala misses with suspension so <laughs> klimala misses with suspension uh i guess uh yeah. So that'll be that that that'll be the big piece I think being reserved for the Wednesday fixture at home. Uh, question is like I, I guess if we are putting out a rotated lineup, what that rotated lineup looks like. Um, I do expect some yeah, like we said, some combination of Edwards, Nealis, and Long at the back. John Tolkien at left back. He's been playing every game this season, uh, as as he's been. As, as his fitness uh, allows by the looks of it. So I right, expect yeah. that to continue, uh, seeing as I always put this game. Right wing back, as we mentioned, always kind of a question mark. <laughs> Just watch the space, really. It's the free space of the team sheet. The midfield is where it gets interesting for me. Um, I don't know if... Uh, yeah. Uh, some combination of Amaya, Yerwood, and Caceres. Uh, underneath, we already talked about it. it's either going to be Barlow or Fletcher up front. Supporting him, though, would this be where you give a season bow, I guess, to Wickleman Carmona? Is the, is oh, interesting. The yeah. Think about here. Right. Because uh, I guess, like, you know, again, Toronto's not the most, uh, not the strongest team on paper. And if you want to have, and he has been getting some reps in at Red Bull too, right? Trying to get himself, uh, yeah, up to speed with it. I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, to see that name be uh, called up off uh, off the bench to try and uh, maybe lighten the load for the likes of Omir Fernandez, who will probably be asked to play a key role, right, uh, up against NYC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I guess the question is as well is does Lucinius play? I suppose I feel yes. he probably does, right? If he's in this in this good form, probably going to try and get as much as you can out of him. Uh, I would think that, yeah. So, yeah. 
I would think that it'll be some combination of those names. Uh, surrounding. I would think that I would think that Cassidy starts alongside Amaya. I don't think I don't know. I think Struber's been leaning on Cassidy in that role as opposed to um, using him as like an advanced midfielder, as as we've seen early parts of the season. Which I think he just has not been up to snuff in those spots. I think he's a lot more reliable uh, starting in that midfield center midfield spot. Yeah, we, we, we for some odd reason we've seen Yearwood kind of come off, uh, be be kind of be shuttled back to the bench recently. Maybe it's his yeah. Way. I think that's kind of reasonable if you look at. It's interesting because uh, I think Cork also pointed this out of just like he was comparing the stats, but I think it's kind of hairy because FB Ref uh, considers it, it FB Ref defaults Casades to uh, an attacking midfielder, and so his uh, his stats are in comparison to other attacking midfielders and wingers in the league whose pressing numbers might not look as uh, as as impressive by design. But um, I think it's, the question is, like, Drew Yearwood's ability to win tackles has been far uh, below the level required that Casadis has been able to show uh, week in, week out. So I can, I can sort of understand the absence of Drew Yearwood uh, or the, the reduction of minutes for him, so... Yeah, I I I wonder if it's like a something to do with like I guess uh, the tactical discipline as well. Um, yeah, he seems to like Casares because of his understanding of uh, where he should be in the press. Uh, so right, yeah, and it would be interesting because I think I think this could Toronto seems like a game to be on that. I don't know. Again, I think the last time we played Toronto, I think we the press was actually very active in the midfield because you got old man Michael Bradley in the midfield with I don't know some guys, some teenagers. <laughs> well, Jonathan Azorio is, is still there as well. Like Jonathan Azorio is still there. He's he's been there forever since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's now he's now I think like what close to like nine or ten year league vet Jonathan Azorio like. Yeah, I think he. I think he. For me. I think he has the most caps of anyone on that team. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I said, it's kind of a mind screw for me. But yeah, um, like, I mean, I think uh, that that's what won us the game the last time we faced him, right? I mean, uh, the, the 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 press in midfield was just so relentless that Michael Bradley just couldn't do anything, right? Just con- con- considering. Continually see them get overrun by that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was. Although, like now, it's now it's a different game, right? Different, different circumstances, different context coming in. It's it's a lot warmer for one. And uh, again, we we have players of a lot more mileage on these legs, right? So. We'll see whether or not we can keep that up. I mean, I think uh, that will probably be the key to winning this game for me. Is again winning that midfield battle, uh, whichever configuration of uh, the midfield that we put out. Basically, uh, I would hope that uh, we basically give it to them the same way we gave them last time, because uh, that's yeah. I mean, it's going to be the key to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think looking ahead to NYC in midweek, it's going to be a Red Bull Arena. Um, 
bit of a bit of a recent team in recent flux, I suppose, because uh, you know Ronnie Delia has gone to uh, standard, uh, standard Liège. Liège, right? Yeah, and then Liège uh, in Belgium. So it doesn't really seem to have uh, affected them too much by the looks of it. Still kind of churning out wins. Uh, they've been mostly 1-0 wins other than uh, the 3-0 three three against San Jose. And uh, I mean like a 3-1 against Rochester in the Open Cup. But again, right, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not an MLS team, basically. So <laughs> I don't really... Uh, count that again you know i mean we, well, i always find myself saying this whenever we go up against uh teams that have interim managers right that it would be one of those things that would be kind of be their right for taking there but you know i mean uh we haven't been able to take advantage of these situations in the past which is probably the most infuriating thing about <laughs> about this right uh Games where we don't seem like this season, it seems to be like games where we don't seem to uh, as likely to win. We win, but games right. where the opposition's a bit more ripe for the picking, we don't really seize that opportunity. So I would like to see this as a as a potential like trend breaker, uh, especially considering the fact that we are at home and not right. like. And not like Montclair, home away from home. Like this is home, home, right? Right. So, and at the very least, last season we played them what twice. They didn't beat us at all. Yeah, I imagine Struber <laughs> using that memory. Yeah, I mean we, we we do have that edge going into this matchup, so I do hope we we take advantage of it. Basically, we because last year we won in Yankee Stadium for the first time. We won in Yankee Stadium, man. In like what five or six years? I think in a while, yeah. Seven nil was the last time we won at Yankee Stadium before that, right? So yeah, it's good to see see him buck that trend. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, that's where I'm at with that game, right? Uh, whatever lineup we throw out here against Toronto, maybe the, I do expect some degree of squad rotation, but again, right? Uh, I don't want us to punt this game. I want us to win this game. I want us to win against NYC. If we were at, I do think that considering bold takes, they've <laughs> been considering the t- considering the level of talent that we have. I do think that if a rotated squad at home should be good enough to beat Toronto. I do think uh, our top line can take on NYC at home. I mean, there's no question. There's no question of it there. Right, don't want to be a case where we're just kind of trotting out ninety minutes at home, just to uh, just just to sandbag it, right, for the open cup fixture. Nah, I I, I don't think uh, I wouldn't really accept that. Right. Three points and a semifinal berth are very very doable. So I would expect that we could we could we should be able to. I think we can we can we can do it basically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically about it. I think right that's now. about I it. Really think we have anything else to cover? Uh, 
that's where we are. It's going to be episode 69 the next time we speak as well. So, I mean, a bit of bounty here. Uh, <laughs> potentially. Uh, will we have something special for this most special of episodes? Who knows? You mean the most nice of episodes? Yeah, it's going to be the nicest episode ever. I agree. <laughs> you, you only have one episode 69, dude. You got, you, we got to make it count. So. Got to make it count. Like, I, I'm just giving you fair warning. If I'm not satisfied with recording next week, I'm just going to scupper the whole thing and make us do it again. <laughs> Until it's an absolute banger. So, yeah. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one, folks. Uh, Toronto game kicks off at 7 p.m. Saturday. Based on my clock. Uh, NYC game. Your clock is correct. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Still not used to... Fucking daylight savings time, man. I mean, like, I haven't had to think about that shit in close to five years now. So, <laughs> uh, NYC game is Thursday at 7 p.m. as well. So, uh, well, I think that's Wednesday, right? That's Wednesday night, 7 p.m. in America. So, uh, I will probably won't be able to watch that one because, uh, you know, broadcast licensing rights and stuff. Uh, if you're wondering, right. by the way, about broadcast rights, uh, I don't really have an opinion one way or another about Apple TV because I don't own a TV, period. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of other podcasts that will be happy to break that down for you. But right. We On this podcast, we are fans of the New York Red Bulls. We are fans of the New York Red Bulls. Yeah. Uh, again, that being said, uh, Juan, thank you so much for your time as always. My pleasure, Lights. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week, I presume, for the nicest episode ever. See ya. Bye-bye. We're gonna play football. We're gonna play football.